Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and I have five highlights for you this week. And for Google, just a tiny bit negative, but really only a tiny bit. The reason this is happening is because we're coming out of the February dip that I've been talking about over the last few episodes. So as February comes to an end, kids are getting used to being in school or at home in school these days. And game consumption will slightly and slowly continue to go up as we head into March. And as we head into March, we'll be recovering from this dip that usually happens around the middle of February. Now, in about a month, we'll mark the beginning of COVID lockdowns from 2020. And so the index is going to be very interesting to watch um, in just about a month or a month and a half. And we can see if the growth because of COVID and everything that's been happening over the last year will have a lasting effect. And if so, in which categories? I'll follow up with that when we get to that point uh, in just a few weeks. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Now on to apps. Valentine's Day was last week. And with most restaurants being closed or closed for indoor dining, a lot of couples had to celebrate at home. Celebrating at home means food delivery, and food delivery means DoorDash and Uber Eats, which are the biggest service providers by downloads here in the U.S. In the U.S., DoorDash added 137,000 new users on Valentine's Day. Uber Eats added 73,000 downloads in a single day. Both of those numbers are significantly higher than the average for 2021, and in general, even the peak, which for DoorDash was 120,000 in the beginning of 2021. This is interesting because it was actually higher than the spikes we saw during a Super Bowl, which were not very spiky this year. And it's most likely because most of the people who are used to ordering food from something like Uber Eats or DoorDash during a game probably have Uber Eats or DoorDash at this point. Both of those apps had just massive 2020 numbers for downloads because of COVID, because of lockdowns. But it means that Valentine's Day was not necessarily uh, correlating to that, and now it is. So they've added quite a few more users. And it really kind of begs the question, when something like this happens, um, are those big expensive ads during the Super Bowl really worth it? It really means you have to know your audience. On the topic of couples, the top four dating apps in the U.S., which are Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and Plenty of Fish by Revenue, had a record January. Together, they brought in $55 million in net revenue, according to our estimates, in the U.S. alone, which means the revenue after Google and Apple take their 30% or 15% cuts, which is the most these four apps have ever brought in. I looked at the numbers for January in 2020, which were $36 million, and January in 2019, $27 million, and it's quite a big difference. Year over year, we're talking about a 52% increase from 2020 and doubling from 2019. By the way, if you're curious where I get these numbers from, they're all coming out of our app intelligence reports, which we prize to fit everyone. You can check it out at appfigures.com intelligence. Now, I've been hearing a lot of rumble about an app called Dispo this week. If you haven't heard about it, Dispo is a camera app that pretends like it's an old-fashioned disposable camera and actually makes you wait a day between when you take a picture and when you see the picture. Why, I don't really know. I don't really get it. Um, I remember the days where you actually had to wait because you had to go and give film to a company and the company would give you back pictures. And I don't really like that anymore. So 
I personally don't understand this, but it seems like a lot of other people are really into it. It was founded by a YouTuber, celebrity YouTuber. It's backed by Reddit's co-founder. And there are a bunch of celebrities that threw a little bit of money into it as well. And they released a beta, a private beta, a la Clubhouse, last week, and it exploded almost immediately. So they released it using TestFlight, which is Apple's beta testing framework. And that's limited to 10,000 invites, and they maxed out almost immediately. So the question is, is this going to be just like Clubhouse? Is it because Clubhouse is in the news all the time? Not included in this episode, by the way. It's not news anymore. Uh, but they're still big, just not exciting news anymore. Or is this going to be something that just going to catch people for right now and that's it? I personally don't see the value in an app that makes you wait for something that every other app lets you do. But it reminds me a little bit of an app called Hipstamatic from way back in the day that was supposed to be a retro kind of real, in quotes, camera. Um, and we no longer hear about that. So I wonder if Dispo has any sort of interesting twist. They'll make people love it. Switching gears to games, this week we published our monthly installment of the most downloaded games in January. And for the first time in quite a long while, Among Us was not the number one game. I have covered Among Us before, and online I published an article that had, where I go a little bit into more of my thoughts about where Among Us is and what it can and can do. And even though it was a close call, um, and it grabbed number two just by about 100,000 downloads as opposed to number one, it still goes to show that nothing is, um, is easily achievable. And the reason I bring this up is because we look at something like Angry Birds, which everyone talked about way back in the day, and you think, well, they also were an overnight success, and they were in the App Store for years. They were the number one app, and everyone talked about them. There's a movie and there's merchandise, but these sort of things don't just happen because somehow uh, you became viral and got to the top of the App Store. The developers actually have to do something meaningful for that to happen, and I'm not really seeing that with Among Us, but I would love to see that. I think the game is everything it needs. I'm sure they can add more to it, um, but it needs to get to a point where it's kind of like mom popular, meaning that non-gamers can play it. And when we get to that point, if they can get to that point, they could see that sort of success. So far, I don't see that happening, but let's look at the other highlights. Project Makeover was the number one app on the App Store. DOP2 was the number one um, game on Google Play, and DOP2 actually took the number one game overall when combining Google Play and Apple. The other interesting insights that I came across are Call of Duty made it into the App Store most downloaded games because it released in China in late December, so that's something to keep an eye on. And Candy Crush is back. Candy Crush kind of dropped out, and I don't think it's because Candy Crush is not getting downloads. It is getting quite a few but some of the more hyper-casual titles that are really uh, pushing with ads were able to get ahead of it. Overall, the top 10 games that were most downloaded in the world across both platforms brought in about 233 million downloads in January, and that's down from roughly 240 million downloads that we saw in, um, in December. It kind of makes sense because December is the month for downloading games because of, because of Christmas, but 233 is still quite a bit. The next and last item on my list for you today is Genshin Impact, a game from Japan that was released in September, and I've been following it since. I wrote about it a few times in the newsletter, and I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast yet, but they have hit a whole new 
all-time high for revenue. In the U.S., they brought in $946,000 on February 4th, which is the most they have seen this year and also in general since the game was launched. The one before that was $746,000, and that was on Christmas Day. Now, these numbers are net. All the numbers that I share on the podcast are net, meaning after Apple and Google take their 15% or 30% cut. And the reason that's relevant and the reason I do that is because that's what the developers take home. So what Apple keeps, that's up to them. And what um, consumers pay, that's up to them. But that's really what the developer gets to, to take to their bottom line. And I think that's important. So I'm not really surprised that at these numbers, I mean, the game is pretty popular. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people have waited for it for a long time. And it's not mobile only. It comes from a line of other games that have um, they have their followers. The one thing I am interested about is we're talking about revenue in the U.S. And this game is not exactly the kind of game that you would expect to see succeed in the U.S., mostly because it's not the hyper-casual title, just like everything else in the top grossing charts. Yet it is being very successful. Um, and it is in the top 50 top grossing games all the time. Top apps, actually. It's probably higher in the top grossing. So that's something to keep an eye on. And that's it for this week. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. And happy Friday. <laughs>